What's up, everybody? This is Francisco here for Sports Goose number 147. I'm joined by my good buddies, Andrew and Charles. Welcome, guys. Andrew, how's, how's the day going? How's, how's, it, how's, it, how's it hanging? Uh, between studying and kind of keeping track of all the, the happenings in in college football, which I'll discuss in a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too bad. It was a pretty good day. Yep. Charles, how about you? I, I, I don't have words. If I am the Lord of chaos, I would like to have known that assignment to me in life, mm. but that's, that's without going into detail of everything that's happened, even though I put in the chat, a good portion of it. All I got to say though, is, you know, certain, certain people there, there's a five, one, get one <laughs> free on some hands. Mm. If you're coming around my block, mm. I don't know if I can espouse that, but you know, yeah. attorneys are annoying. That's what I'll say. Yeah, including yeah, well, myself, I am very annoying. <laughs> yeah, we we I had a, a run in myself today, so don't worry. But we're not going to talk about that, right? This is a kind of a more uh, truncated version of the show because uh, work got in my way. But uh, but you know, Andrew was studying, Charles was doing his thing too, so it kind of like we're here now. We're here, so we're really just going to focus on two topics today. Right, we got the wrestling at the end of the show, but uh, and there's baseball, but baseball's happening. Baseball happens; it, it goes on for all for on. Like it's not really that important. Next week we'll start figuring out who the All Star teams are, and then we'll have some stuff to talk about. The NHL draft is happening on Thursday, and NHL free agency will open up, and NBA free agency, and all sort of stuff. So then we'll be able to open up. But this week we're just gonna. Because uh, uh, as on the top right of the screen uh, here, uh, we I have uh, RCFB open because our, our resident uh, contributor and mod for for their Andrew. Uh, th- there's a lot of m- moving and shaking going on in the college football world. Shucking and jiving, yeah, moving and juking. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we're trying to make sense of it because in the next few years. Things are going to be really different, and the map. Two seconds. Yeah. Like our this episode title is some actual baseball, and we're not even going <laughs> I, to touch a bit of baseball. You know, I want. I I, I, <laughs> I thought we would talk about baseball, but then like forty thousand things happened where forty teams were moving across the world and in, in college football, and I'm just like, and. I thought about changing it, but I'm like, you know, it'd be pretty funny if we just called this some actual baseball. It, and... well, it's the inside joke. If you watch the live stream, you actually see baseball in the background. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's your encouragement to watch the podcast. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's various versions of this, but there is some actual baseball happening, but we're probably just not going to talk about it. And you want to watch some virtual stuff, it's in the back. But uh, And behind Andrew, I've got the Marlins game on because the Marlins are on fire right now. So And, and Shohei Otani... Mike Trout and the fraudulent Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California, USA are here. So, all right, Andrew, I'm I'm gonna put up the big screen here unless you want to make this a whole Andrewverse thing. But let's just do Andrewverse. Why yeah, not? This is this is your wheelhouse. This is RCFB Andrew, which is really just Andrew. <laughs> so wait, I got a question. Does that if you've seen the Matrix, um, revo- is it the second one's Revolution, right? No, Revelations. No, right? the second one's Matrix Revolution. Right? Re- no, second one's Reloaded. Uh, so yeah. you know, Reloaded when Neo goes. Oh, and I sees, thought that like, was the video game. 
Or no, that was Enter the Matrix. That was Enter the Matrix. You remember when they see the architect? Well, this matters because if I'm misquoting the movie, so you know the architect, he just talks to Neo about everything about the universe and structure matrix. This is Andrew with a white beard and white (laughs) suit sitting down, my ignorant ass, who knows probably a good thirty percent of college football because the rest of it's rigged for the other seventy percent. So that's why I want people to imagine. Right. So I've got the big old board here with RCFB open with football. I'm still waiting for you to put Charles's quote on my screen somewhere. I, I'm, I'll, I, yeah, I gotta get to it, and I gotta get to the other Andrew verses that I made out of Dal E Mini. Look at this guy; how he knows these things. Okay, so yes, let's let's do some work. Is there uh, can before we start? Is there like mm-hmm. an actual? Is there like an article or something that kind of like I can post up here that that kind of sort of summarizes things, or I mean, is RCFB good enough? If if you just really the only confirmed thing right now is that you uh, the only thing that's confirmed right now is the University of California at Los Angeles so UCLA mm-hmm. and University of Southern California USC okay are moving to the Big Ten conference yep from the Pac twelve I helped I helped I contributed guys. And by the way, if you have questions at any time, please feel free I, to ask. I do love the memes that came out when people found out those two California teams were going to be heading out to like the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, that's um, yeah the the closest team to them is Nebraska. Yeah. Which is still not that uh, close. It's like the the big the Big Ten operates out of Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey and Maryland. So basically for the most part, anything, more or less anything that's east of the Mississippi. Uh, they have a few outliers, um, like uh, Nebraska, but that's it. Um, that is the historic footprint of that conference. Um, and as I was mentioning to Charles, and I did it, I said everything correctly. I did not make anything up. But I I intentionally made it a little bit confusing because I just wanted to fuck with them. But the Big Ten is a team is a conference of fourteen teams, and it has been that way since twenty eleven. You know what I said? Um, this is Florida math, Florida education math, and I still couldn't get it. <laughs> Polk County, <laughs> Polk County, <laughs> Polk County, baby. So. I, so let me give you a little bit of background about why this is so huge and monumental. Uh, and this comes actually almost a year exactly after Texas and Oklahoma kind of kicked off this latest round of realignment. It was a huge realignment back in the late, 2000, uh, t- late 2000s, early 2010s, where you had a lot of teams shifting conferences. That just messed everything up 
but in comparison to the, that in comparison to what's going on now is like nothing um but i i say nothing but it's it set the stage for this this doesn't happen without those earlier realignments in the 20 early 2010s but anyway i'm getting ahead of myself so the pac-12 conference is either itself going back to its predecessor is a very old conference it dates back to 1915. um this is the conference that is historically uh tied with the big 10 ironically in the the rose bowl the typical the history of it was the winner the conference champion of the big 10 and the conference champion a champion of the pac-12 would meet in california in the granddaddy of them all uh rose bowl um it is a really historic conference one of the oldest um so and again i'm i'm looping their predecessor the pacific coast conference in so usc has been a member of this conference in one way or another since 1922 and ucla since 1928 and this conference now operates out of Washington, Oregon, California, Arizona, Utah, and Colorado. And the the teams in Utah and Colorado were relatively late ads. Um, those were only added in 2011. Uh, but historically, the conference is right on the West Coast. So the fact that these two not only are they longtime members of the conference but they bring in a shit ton of money because they're both los angeles schools and th that is losing those teams is like a stab to the stab to the gut um those are two of their premier teams um you know, UCLA is legendary in basketball. USC has a ton of history with football. So all of a sudden, the Pac-12 is losing all this to the Big Ten. So the Pac-12 ain't looking good. Um, so in response to this, the Big 12 is taking a very long and hard look at the teams from the so-called four corner states uh the four corners by the way are new mexico arizona utah and colorado because all four of their states meet up at one point they, it's called the four corners they actually have a cool monument out there but anyway so in this case that would be arizona arizona state colorado and utah um the big big 12 is looking to add those schools because those four schools they're probably sensing uh you know the writing is on the wall for the pac 12 conference because you know it's the losing those two teams all of a sudden makes that conference very unstable can i ask a question here no you can't of course <laughs> okay um what 
what's the benefit because like i'm kind of confused as to because i mean i think of it like historical rivalry all pacific teams that kind of makes sense what's the what's the thinking for both usc and ucla they're kind of basically like the, the new york giants and the and the brooklyn dodgers like hey let's do this together we hate each other but let's let's make some money out there you know why are why would they just decide like to go all the way to like all these midwestern like nsc north type of schools actual sucks that's why so you guys know that that gif of um mr or that meme of mr Krabs, where the reporter (laughs) money wait 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 wait, wait. you said you say gif i uh i honestly i say it both ways no Uh, but you say it the first time I, 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 it depends on how I'm feeling that day. I don't, if I don't think about it, I might, I tend toward GIF, but I keep trying to train myself to say GIF. But this it's is a why I think God has abandoned this planet and we should all just waste and be rotten. Go on, continue. <laughs> so, anyway, that the, the scene where the reporter asks why. Why'd you open this Krusty Krab too? It's from the movie. Said, Money. <laughs> <laughs> that that's your answer right there if if that's the answer to your question the big 10 and the sec are kind of in a war of which is the better conference which it's makes the most money it's almost like an arms race because right the, the yeah SEC, SEC, SEC grabbed what texas uh texas and oklahoma, and, and oklahoma right mm-hmm. so hmm. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's really become an, uh, come an arms race, and even though technically the Power Five still exists, doesn't ESPN also have the licensing rights to Big Ten on some of the streaming? If I'm not mistaken, on their ESPN Plus, does the, does the is the Big Ten network an ESPN product? Yes. No, it's Fox. Oh well, actually, I'm thinking, but isn't it's that- actually. But isn't the, Disney also Fox? Sports? Oh, sorry, big sorry, Big Twelve is ESPN. Big Ten is Fox. I think it's still all under Disney, though, right? After they acquired, because I think uh, different Fox Sports kept or Fox kept Fox Sports and FS1. So I'm guessing they probably also have licensing yes. rights. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right, so never mind then. So the mouse doesn't have it yet, <laughs> right? For now, um. So it, it really has become an arms race. Um, you know, right now, those two conferences are in a league of their own, uh, pardon the pun. Um, when it comes to how much money they get per year from TV deals, um, the Big Ten is in excess of $60 million per school per year. And the SEC is like a little less than 10 million behind somewhere in the low to mid fifties. Um, all the other conferences are making sub 40, like mid thirties at best. So those schools, they want more money. So even though they're they're the plan is even though adding more schools dilutes their pot, Ultimately, they're choosing teams from big enough markets with big enough brands that well, will. What's the last time up... UCLA was actually viable? I think wasn't isn't Chip Kelly? And I his mean, UCLA probably props up 
I mean, like maybe not on the. Football and I forget side, sometimes it's going is, to basketball. This is all. Right? For, is, this well? is for like every sport, right? It's not just football. Yeah, correct. This is for all. Like, it's not like this whole the whole deal with like you know Notre Dame is like ACC, but not for football. But like, so this is all they're they're going all in. So like UCLA, I mean, part of, like they've been pretty good, good at, in baseball yeah. and and. Uh, Softball. You, you know, the cold job came from UCLA, as, as you know, Charles, right? Damn right. Um, you know, no, the cold job came from me. You know, and the hatred against Trevor Bauer also originated from there. So, <laughs> and the, uh, and well, they were recently in the Final Four, right? So, they're not, I think that kind of props them, the Big Ten up with regards to those schools. Um, and USC is like, listen, trying to, to get back, right? They're, they're, a little Jewish in that sense. Say again. They're a little Jewish in that sense, where they think they're back, but they're not back. <laughs> he didn't say what you thought he saw. Mm. Uh, so, mm. so well. First off, these moves are ultimately about football. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, they'll tell you the public line. The public quotes will be saying, "Oh, but they have such a rich history of championship success." But really, the only reason they're there is because football. I like the the quick and just this is just an aside. A quick uh, people who are like, hockey fans who are floating the idea of maybe hockey schools, and it's like because uh, you know Arizona State already. Kind of I was talking own. to I was talking to BU the other day about that. Mm-hmm. He like myself thinks the odds. Uh, so Arizona State. Let me give some background. Arizona State has a division one ice hockey team they're the only one on that side of the country country um so i was saying hey you know arizona state could uh the the those the big 10 school big 10 has its own conference uh division one hockey conference um so i was like hey maybe usc ucla can add hockey and then Arizona can join as a hockey only member like Notre Dame is that would be amazing but the odds of that happening are so slim but anyway um so UCLA has won 119 NC 119 NCAA team championships and uh, USC has won 111 so they are they're they're blue but uh, blue bloods in every sense of the word when it comes to college athletics uh, and college football. So that's why the Big Ten wanted them. It's they get good programs with with a lot of notability, but then you get the Los Angeles market. So I guess so. Yeah. So, but the thing is. The question then becomes, does the Big Ten want to expand one more time to add a couple of other schools? There, there are so many rumors going around and so many hypotheses and theories. It's hard to make out what anything is, what is real or not. Uh, some of the things I've heard are the governor, uh, governor of Washington, uh, governor of Oregon, excuse me will fight tooth and nail to make sure that Oregon State goes wherever Oregon goes. Um, 
So there were people thinking that maybe the Big Ten would add Oregon and Washington. But then there's also the probability that the government of Washington wants to make sure that Washington State goes with Oregon. Um, And then there are people that are thinking that the Big Ten will want to go after Notre Dame uh, and then add more and more team to make it to 20. it's it's just a total clusterfuck at this point of who's going where, what does everyone think everyone's going. But the only really kind of substantive, substantive thing that has come out is that the Big 12, is, like I mentioned, is trying to go after the four corner schools. Um, if that happens, then the Big 12 is essentially done. Um because that would leave them with eight teams and not per well, right. So it would leave them with eight teams. Um, and then there's also some thinking that the Oregon and Washington are going to go to the big 12. If that's the case, that leaves the big 12, a uh, big fucking hell, the pack 12 with six teams. And those are Washington State, Oregon State. Uh, shit, hold on. Even I lose track. So let's say in the biggest possible scenario that the four corner schools plus Washington and Oregon leave. So that conference is left with Washington State, Oregon State, Cal, and Stanford. So they're down. I, they're down to four schools at that point. That's unviable for a conference at that point. Question: Isn't yeah. Cal the school that led to Aaron Rodgers being? Yes, <laughs> they deserve to fold. Cal, Cal Berkeley. Cal Berkeley. UC um, Well, right, UC Berkeley, but everyone, at least sporting wise, calls it Cal. Um, right. I mean, that'd be- and that's another thing that really shocked people that UCLA left without Cal because they're both part of the UC system. And technically, for all intents and purposes, at least academically, Berkeley is the flagship of the UC system. Yeah. Yeah, it's always UC Berkeley or... or, uh, And then, like, Stanford, but Stanford's a private school, right? Correct. Yeah. So even though UCLA is the more... So even though UCLA is more well-known because of their athletic prowess, ultimately the the numero uno school in that system is UC Berkeley. I, I just find it like like the Pac-12, like you just think all the Pacific Coast, right? Like just a right. massive hole in Southern California where they wouldn't have a foothold. Like we would think like... I, 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 where, where is San Diego State? What, 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 what school, are, what, what conference are they in? They're in the Mountain West. Mountain West. Like, do you think they lure, like, just to get something, you know, just start jacking it in San Diego? Well, see, there's, therein lies the potential. This is where you start getting into, I wonder who is going to go where, what's going to happen. So, the Pac-12 is going to work as hard as it possibly can to try and convince Oregon and Washington to stay. 
because if those two schools leave, that's it. Even if Utah, uh, even if the four corner schools stay, they're still taking a massive hit by losing Oregon, which is kind of their flagship school in terms of national notability. Um, plus Uncle Phil, as we call him Phil Knight, uh, and his oodles of money for being the like founder of Nike. So they have a big purse wherever they go. So the Pac-12 really wants to keep them. Um, they're kind of the the last linchpin of what could save that conference. Um, it, it's it's a lot of moving parts because if those two leave, then the four corners will absolutely leave. If the four corners leaves, that increases the chance that Oregon and Washington will leave as well. And then the probability is that Oregon and Washington would leave for the big 12 because then they have schools that are relatively close to them as opposed to they would have, if they went for the big 10, their closest schools would be UCLA and USC but then Nebraska. Um, but if those six schools move together to the Big 12, um, then you have five, each school has five other schools within relatively low distance uh, that you can play regularly against, and it really cuts down on your travel. Um, so the thinking is the Pac-12, if they lose those schools, all six of them, then does it fold altogether or do they try to reach some kind of an agreement with Mountain West Conference where the two conferences combine? But that would take a lot of uh, power away from them because the Mountain West is a relatively weak conference. Um, it's, it's very top heavy, uh, as it were. Well, no, it's, it's not a, it's not the conference USA, which is incredibly weak. Um, it's probably upper tier when it comes to the group of five conferences, but it's not the best. Either. You would think it'd be like a, at least, I'm just thinking like travel rise, like, you know, they're still close and all that stuff. It'd be geographically you know, good for them. Well, yeah, I mean, but the the competition they face is going to be a little bit lower. You've got... Uh, yeah, but at that point, it's kind of moot, because it's like... <laughs> at that point, if the, if the, if the Pac-12 wants to survive, if they lose those six teams, that may be their only option at that point. Um, and the interesting thing is, last year, when Oklahoma and Texas left the Big 12, everyone thought that the Big 12 was on life support. And it was going to take a miracle for them to survive and remain stable. They did, because everyone thought, oh, if those two teams leave, who knows, maybe the Big 10 will poach a school or two. Um, you know, people were thinking, like, perhaps Kansas would, would be picked up by the Big Ten because it uh, is part of the AAU, which is a, it's a group of very high academic schools. Uh, all this, the Big Ten, as much as it, is, as, as it is an athletics conference, all of their schools, with the exception of Nebraska, 
um, are part of the AAU. Uh, so they, they value academics just as much as their athletics. Um, so people are thinking maybe they'll add Kansas. Maybe they'll add Iowa State. Um, none of that happened. Um, but instead, the Big Ten uh, waited and then got USC and UCLA, which is a much bigger move. Um, so now the question becomes, is the Pac-12 going to suffer that po- that proposed fate that the Big 12 was at last year, which, it, uh, which is where other conferences are going to poach them? But now people are thinking that the Big 12 is going to go on the offense and try and poach the Pac-12. Um, it's it's a mess. It's uh, it's a very intriguing mess. Um, it's fun to follow along with it. Um, at the same time, though, I, along with diehard college football fans, hate it. Um, because, you know, the good old days, you know, the, the thing that we love about college football is those geographic regional rivalries. Um, you know, just talking on the Pacific uh, in the Pac-12, you've got the Apple Cup, which is Oregon, Washington. Then you have Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, uh, Cal Stanford, uh, UC, USC, UCLA. Uh, I else? find it very, especially when you compare it to the pro sports, right? Because <clears throat> uh, let's say the last few years we've seen realignment in the NHL. Uh, the Astros moved to the American League. Uh, you had in uh, uh, like uh, even like uh, when the NFL got the thirty-two teams, they did the whole realignment thing and. And they they specifically realigned in a way that kind of uh, uh, took advantage of those rivalries, like the NHL realignment. Let's go with that. Like the the Atlantic Division. The Atlantic Division is just designed because like four of the or, or like I think yeah four of the six original six teams are in that division. You got Boston, right. Toronto, Montreal, Detroit. Detroit was put back in the Eastern Conference just to take advantage of that. And then, like, uh, Ottawa. And uh, and then they put the two Florida teams because they figured, oh, we're just going to trap all the snowbirds into into those cities right there. And that's NHL's thinking there. And the Metropolitan was, like, geographically regional, okay? The New York teams, Philadelphia, Washington, Pittsburgh, uh, they didn't want to break up those rivalries even though you could look at the NHL and be like, oh, you could have done it a different way. And then, like, the Pacific Division, the Central Division, and even the NFL, uh, <clears throat> the only real weird one is the Dallas Cowboys in the in the NFC East, and that's only because they didn't want to break up the rivalry they had with the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles and the in Washington. And so uh, it, it, I just kind of find it funny that college football is just kind of like, Teams are willing to just drop, especially you. You were mentioning all these long-time rivalries, and it's like, oh well, make more money. We'll make some new rivalries. That's that's kind of basically their thinking, right? That's a big that's a big thing that everyone's joking about. Is like, ah, yes, the the incredible rivalry of USC and fucking Nebraska. It's like I, I know I keep making fun of Nebraska, but they are so easy to make fun of. Um, <laughs> Just like Polk County. 
Just like <laughs> Nebraska, the Polk County of the United States. <laughs> Nebraska, the Polk County of uh, college football. <laughs> um. So we get death threats from kids from Winter Haven. You don't say those things about us. It's it's unfortunate because I mean you're you're absolutely right, Francisco, and I hadn't considered that that pro sports retains a lot of its its rivalries. The problem, though, is that there isn't really one overarching body. Well, yeah, body. yeah, yeah. It's not like a league where it's like okay, that's. It's really financially there, there, but college football is or college athletics, let's say, are more loosey goosey about it. Right? Right. There's no commissioner of college sports that's that's trying to keep it all together, and um, even though it's a, they're basically like, all these conferences were just made to benefit those said schools, and by adding more benefits them in that sense i just kind of find it funny that like in a given year you every college football team is not going to face the other college football teams you know right so it's but the thing is as great as those sports rivalries are or the pro rivalries are they don't compare they don't hold a flame for the most part i mean yankees red Sox is one thing on the whole, college football rivalry rivalries are significantly more intense than pro rivalries. Yeah, it's because you know it's people people were passionate about it. Many people peaked in college, so that's why they hang on to that too. So <laughs> that that's also a thing. And uh, and many people who never actually went to college can kind of sort of pretend that they went to college by cheering for those right. teams. Like in they Polk County, Peter. you know, all those Polk County people, they like the Gators. And so, you know, I mean, case in point, I didn't go to UM, but, you know, my indoctrination in college football was because of the fact that I lived in Miami a little mm-hmm. bit ahead of time. So you can get people who don't even go to the school that applied and they're like, nah, we don't want you. Yeah. Like, like it, 90% of Miami hasn't even set foot on the campus. To be fair, <laughs> I did get a conditional offer from UM. But I was like, no, 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 no. I ain't got time for this stuff. You're either I ain't got time for that 60K tuition. <laughs> per, still broke per even going to a public university. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well. But still. So well. it's 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 a very sad, very sad uh, time for college football, college sports diehards. Um, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I find it just kind of like the, I guess the conglomeration of all of these conferences, I'm sure it's going to make money in the long run, but I don't know how good it's going to be overall. I, I, we'll see. We'll see how the level of competition is and all that type of stuff. I don't know if it'll affect certain, like, yeah, I'd, I'd love it if yeah, maybe more teams will. Adding to the SEC will actually break up the shit with Alabama and all that type of stuff, but but even then, well, it's... the the one thing that a lot of people are thinking is going to end up happening is, and some people actually just want it to happen, so you know we don't have to deal with this shit anymore. But a lot of people are thinking that the 
that the Big Ten and the SEC might essentially break off and do their own power too, um, where they claim a national champion. Their respective conferences meet in a quote-unquote national championship game. Mm. Or so it'd be almost like the equivalent of the AFL NFL before yeah. they merge. Or the American League and National League when they right. decided on a World Series. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that would that would be essentially the functional equivalent. Um, I don't hate it, but you really lose out on that main money that comes from like a national football game. At the end of the day, that's what they're there for. Right. And that's that's the sad thing, because, you know, people love that kind of I mean, look at, uh, you know, uh, March Madness. Everyone loves the Cinderella Um, and college football has the ability to be that, but they just choose not to. Um, I mean, as it stands. uh, Yeah. Oh, Sam, whatever, out in Alabama with his car dealership, ain't gonna let that happen. Let his roll tide lose money and championships and all that. Right. <laughs> I mean, as it as it stands, I mean, the Power Five conferences already have a huge step up over the Group of Five. I mean, a non-power conference hasn't won a consensus national championship since BYU in 1984, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking Ty Detmer. That's how old we're going here. Um, so, as it stands, I mean, the group of five schools really don't stand to sh- really stand much of a chance of getting into the college football playoff. I mean, Cincinnati just broke through this past season. Um, but that took Houston having a really good year. UCF have two really good years. Um, all of it kind of built up and added up to eventually Cincinnati breaking through. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, Oregon got through to the national championship and they got obliterated. Um, that's the game where Jameis Winston like tripped and fell and then the referee fell. Uh, that was the semifinal that year. Mm. I'm sure you remember that, Francisco. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, but, but anyway, so yeah, it's, it's, it's the reality of college sports now that, you know, money trumps everything and i could feel like andrew's like optimism just fading away hearing that statement (laughs) that breaks my heart because i think out of the three of us andrew's actually pretty like there is hope there is hope he's our dickensian you know sports podcaster our sports group versus Mm -hmm. me and francisco yeah at the at the end of the day i mean if you're, I'm looking. All of this is stuff looking at the, at the forest at the ten thousand foot level. If you're at the, if you're down at the tree by tree level, nothing really changes for you 
uh, if you're not in one of if you're not one of those two conferences, because I mean, you know, UCF, we we jumped up to the Big Twelve, and we may be joined shortly by four to six other schools. Mm-hmm. Which was going to be my question to you, if you feel that this is also a response, not just the SEC getting um, Oklahoma and. What was the other one I already forgot? Because I'm Texas. Texas is not real football college anyway. Um, but you know, in response to where you guys joined up at the Big Twelve, but there was four teams that got, including you and Cincinnati. So, do you think that's also a panic response for the Big Ten? Like, okay, we need somebody um, for the commission. Everything. Well, the only the only reason they added us was because they lost OU in Texas. Correct, but still, you know, if they never. There could have been other selections, but I think there's it's a good sign to say what your viability is as a school for consideration if they probably looked on the horizon and say, all right, who else would take these schools? Who else would take UCF? Who else would take Cincinnati? That's a good point. Because, uh, I mean, you like to tout so much of the national championship and then also keep in consideration you have done well for the several years, so why would I want not take – or be in consideration of your team as opposed to God, I, I can't tell who's been asked for so long. And when I say ass, it's more like name and reputation, but hasn't gone up. Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska. I was going to say UCLA, <laughs> but you guys say they're good apparently these days. Um, I mean, hell, even if you go on the, ba- uh, the basketball component, um, UCF has had success in the, the NCAA, NCAA tournament. I didn't they go with Taco Falls at some point? They didn't go far. In was 2019. It yeah, and that's that's recent enough because what are you trying to get? Recruits. What are you trying to get? NILs. What are you trying to get? More boosters. Consistency is key. And, you know, who you hire. So that's just some food for thought. As I mean, a shout-out to UCF, we give you a shout-out. Thank you. Um, you know, the only problem with that, though, is – the SEC probably wouldn't have us because they already have Florida and Florida hates our guts and they want no good things to happen to us. Um, and then the ACC, they're probably blocked um, because they have FSU in Miami. They don't want to, you know, bunch up Florida, three teams in the state. Yeah. And then the Big Ten, you know, academically speaking – UCF is not up to their standards. So really the only logical one, strangely, it was the big 12. Mm. Um, and, and that's not saying that those other conferences wouldn't take UCF. It's just the circumstances are that UCF is not in a good enough position to be picked by those as kind of a first choice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. But I mean, but like I said, at the, at the end of the day, you know, UCF is in a, in a much better conference, is going to be making more money. Um, you know, the group of fives are still going to be getting the short end of the stick. Um, so at the end of the day, I mean, at the local level, not really much changes. Um, it, it just consolidates more power which is very unfortunate okay uh is that that's basically about it for now right for now uh unless you guys have additional questions 
Um, I would put an input of things I know because I have to be hamburger helper or restaurant and I help kind of thing. ACC is getting rid of what inner conference divisions or whatever the hell they call it. I was part of the news. Yes. Um, a lot of conferences are getting rid of the divisional format. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just going to. And what the divisional format was really good for is it just makes it easier to determine. You know, who's going to play whom and who goes to the conference championship. But now there's not really a a, uh, a benefit to do it, especially since the NCAA removed the divisional aspect of things. Mm. So, you know, at this point, it's just going to be teams will have a, a permanent set of permanent rivals, quote-unquote, that they'll play every season and then the remaining in conference games are going to rotate throughout the remaining teams. Um, so mm. uh, yeah, almost, and you won't see every, especially if these things are going to get big, right? You're not going to see every team. So they'll have to kind of pick up like, uh, like which is a disadvantage if you're Miami and you just want to be like, Hey, we beat Clemson once, please consider us as legitimate instead of making this Mario Cristobal higher useless. Hmm. Because that's the thing, they're going to get preferential, well, I don't want to say there's preferential treatment, but let's say if you're taking out the inner conferences in there and you don't play the bigger names per your conference, then you get the easy stage, so that leads you out of selection, I feel, as a possibility. Yeah, and it also breaks up the whole, you know, concept of, oh, the the Atlantic is the stronger division versus the coastal division or the SEC West. The SEC is thinking about doing it. They haven't confirmed it yet. Um, You know, the SEC West is the best division because they have Auburn, Alabama, LSU, whereas the East is kind of the weaker of the two divisions. So you lose that. Um, and then ultimately the championship participants is decided by who has the most wins interconference. Um, so it's more equal, I guess. Um, so easy win for everybody who plays Tennessee in the SEC. Right. Mm. Tennessee, uh, Vanderbilt is another big one. Um, yeah. A couple of the SEC schools are just punching bags at this point. Mm. They're just in it just to. But now everybody gets to use them as punching bags. (laughs) All right, guys. So we're at 47 minutes. It is uh, 8:51 Eastern on our time. So let's let's uh, just try and get a word from our non-sponsors here. All right. So people, places, things, concepts. What have you that we have been enjoying over the last week? I've started the last few times. Who wants to go first? I'll go. All right. Um, so my non-sponsor, I'll make it quick. It's a food sponsor. Uh, it is Ajinomoto. Mm-hmm. It is a food company that... How do you spell that? I, I, uh, 
A J I N O M O T O. Wow, I butchered that in my head. I thought Ginomoto, like J, like G E N, was right. Japanese, so there we go. Ginomoto. Um, they specialize in Asian food, uh, Chinese, Japanese, what have you. Um, a lot of my favorite uh, kind of pack frozen packaged uh, Asian food comes from them. They make ramen, they make pot stickers, they make dumplings, they make fried rice. Um, so I'm calling, I'm, I'm saying for the company in, in general, uh, what made me think of it is because for to dinner, I'm having their Ling Ling pot stickers, uh, which are quite good, by the way. Um, you know, it's it's not going to be as good as something you'd get from a restaurant because few frozen foods really are restaurant quality. But it's pretty good. It, uh, yeah, I would I would recommend it. You usually can just get the I get them from Sam's or um, or Costco. Uh, I don't. I assume that they sell it at other locations at regular stores uh but that's where i usually get it um you know if you're in the craving for some quick and easy pretty good uh asian food you can't go wrong with a ginomoto uh promo code hard to uh, hard to spell <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, I, I guess i'll go next uh i, I kind of have two but it's because it's uh they're both YouTubers, so I'm going to shout out two YouTube channels. Uh, one of them is... There we go. Let me get on YouTube. One is... Uh, his name is Joel Haver. Oh, I love Joel. Yes. So, Joel Haver, I, I've kind of been binging his stuff lately. He does some pretty, some pretty funny things. Um, and he's uh, a very humble YouTuber because it took him a long time just to get to... To this point of success he's got a million point five nine uh subscribers right now uh he's based out of like new england so he's somewhere in like you know new hampshire or vermont one, one of those states up there and he just does a, a lot of short videos so they're not long they're not they don't overstay their welcome they're just all these little shorts that he writes up and, and does with his friends and, and other people he knows and it's just weird comedy all right like tim and eric right if you like tim and eric you'll like him uh, i like tim and eric so thus i like him uh he he does uh various different videos the latest one where he's like science documentary narrator bumps into an acquaintance from high school they're just really out of this like out of left field concepts that he writes up but it's it's funny it's it's, it's super funny he also has this line of animations that he does in like this this pretty strange style that looks pretty good. They did a it's so cool. Yeah, they they look really cool. He, they 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 usually do things on pop culture. He's done stuff about like uh, uh, hearing an enemy music in an RPG game or playing uh -huh. an RPG for the second time, or uh, returning to an RPG after a long time not for not playing it. Uh, he recently did a Batman one, which was kind of weird but funny, and uh, and he does. Uh, every I think he's, he's he's done it the last three years. He's uh, during the Oscars rather than instead of watching the actual Oscars because the Oscars are um, terrible, 
and nobody watches them and unless uh you know will smith slaps somebody uh, the he he actually uh, uh takes about like three hours to try and uh create a movie from scratch like just off the top of his head like just uh, just do a movie just film it with whatever you got around you trying to write up a script try and get whoever you can into it and just do a movie and so he's done a few of those he's done semi feature length uh projects here i haven't seen i think i've seen like one of them but they're just strange like it's all tim and eric stuff some of these are just like off the top of his head so uh yeah yeah this guy is uh this guy's good he's good um so he he kind of just kept plugging away plugging away at it and then finally the youtube algorithm worked in his favor so uh yeah uh joel haber so that's that's one and then the other one um the other one is called i'm trying to get the right name for this okay yeah it's his name is is man carrying thing okay so he's in the same style as Joel Haver, uh, not as not as um, high quality because he, he doesn't have all the stuff, and all. I don't think he comes from a film background like I think Joel does. But he's also uh, he does all these little shorts. They're much shorter. Uh, they're very quick things, um, uh, like uh, so- Sony. Now that Morbius flopped again, which was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> PG thirteen movies after using up their one F word. <laughs> uh, Why is Landman Dragon on my screen? That's real time. Uh, don't get me started yeah. on the show. Show's yeah, trash. Yeah, he uh, and he talks about uh, different uh, shows and movies, and he actually reviews books too. So uh, yeah, I know Charles is an avid reader, so he mm. does re- review books too. Uh, so it, he does like these. Uh, these parody videos and every once in a while he'll do like an actual sincere one he does video essays as well uh for books and everything like that and he's his wife also has a accompanying uh uh channel a woman carrying man so <laughs> <laughs> but it's good he's good he's uh just a guy that uh he, you know he's he got his degree right now he's in his late 20s and stuff like that now and he, you know, they're 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 good videos. They're good short videos, and I like them too. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, promo code for both of these guys, uh, Tim and Eric. Cause that, that's that's who they remind me of. I mean, that's I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, uh, you know, that's surreal, kind of weird, out of left field comedy. Okay, that's it for me. So, it was Fourth of July weekend, and they usually like to marathon the crap out of everything. You know, come Fourth of July, so I didn't get. The Born on the Fourth of July by Oliver Stone. You either get The Patriot with Mel Gibson. You might get a couple of other movies. You might get a couple of Captain Americas. But that's not my form of entertainment. That's not how I show my patriotism. Yes, it is still there. You know, I'm heavily critiquing because that's what you're supposed to do in today's days and time. You know, or any time really. You're allowed to criticize things and go from there. And you're also allowed to enjoy your form of medium for how you should view your independence. And for me. I think I had to go to my sister's for her barbecue later that day, so I was already kind of like a griping mood. And every now and then, guys, I can be kind of an intense personality. You both know this personally and professionally. 
Um, and sometimes, aside from being an intense personality, I can kind of be a dick and be more cynical. I'm borderline being nihilist. But there is one movie that shows me, and since it's Wheel of Time, I'm going to use a Wheel of Time reference, that gives me a memory of light that can awaken the positivity in my soul. It's the movie equivalent of Journey's Don't Stop Believing." Hold on to that feeling, streetlights people, whoa. It also is probably what I would watch every 4th of July, and then just have one of the movies as a marathon. But even though I feel you only need to see one, but I don't know if it was AMC, I think it was AMC. AMC was playing Rocky, and I love every bit of that movie. It is in my top 10, probably my number six. And it is properly patriotic because you have Apollo Creed just dressing up in all that red, white, and blue. But if you have not seen Rocky, young kids, because you all people like me, there's no excuse at this point. Basically, the underdog, Rocky Balboa, the Italian Stanley, gets picked to go against Apollo Creed, the champion. 15 rounds boxing. Sylvester Stallone wrote and directed. I cry two scenes. Every time I see the two scenes, boys, I shed not just tears, but just rivers the one when he goes and sees mick in the apartment or mick goes sees him in the apartment he's like well you know what maybe mick you you know like my house my sticks it sticks mick and i'm like oh god here we go and then rocky and then mick's like ah, you know i'm 76 years old rock and he just leaves and then rocky comes out and it's like talks to him and i'm like rocky for once because he always had that upbeat attitude and he, he just he just took it man he just took he let out and then he went back to his good ways and then i do cry at the adrian uh, at the end of the scene where he he's like i don't care about being Paul. i don't care about being champion i just want to go this and say nobody ever knows this is before i'm like i feel that i felt that in my soul because maybe america sometimes goes a distance sometimes we go on a road that we should not follow uh, case of points go but damn it man it was the perfect kind of patriotism for your individual self to be the underdog to find something worth fighting for and have faith in yourself. And is that not the true spirit of everything that happened in 1776 was supposed to be? I don't know. But you can have your independence say Will Smith, now more notorious for slapping Chris Rock in the face. You can have your patriot Mel Gibson, who's more known for passion the Christ and kind of hating a certain religious sector, even though he won't say it. Me, I'll take my Rocky Balboa. I'll take my Italian stallion. I take the I will cry every time I see those two scenes separately. Paul Creed coming out in a tire that may, would make me blush as a showman. And I always take my story of the underdog, going the distance and having a chance, and finding something more in life than just a mere championship. Rocky, my non-sponsor, go watch it. I was sitting on this the entire weekend, so it was a very impassioned speech. Promo code, yo, Adrian. Francisco, have you seen it? I have actually seen this one, so yes. I would I, I would quit the show. I would literally quit the show. I would quit the show. It is that I, serious. Yeah. I was considering uh, saying that I hadn't just to screw with you, but I, I, I have seen I would cry. Mm. I would literally cry. Because I want to say it's like required viewing, but it really is. And I, I guess I'm going to take a dig at everything. When all these other shows and movies are so unexceptional and generic and formulaic and unnecessary, Avatar 2 through 5, and kind of unoriginal or just for cheap laughs, you got something that really hit the heart. And sometimes, you know what the problem is? What can follow something that came out all the way back then, almost 40 years ago, right? We're redeeming ourselves here. What what can follow that and be original and heart-wrenching and also inspiring? 
you know, don't stop believing. Mm. Hold on to that feeling. Streetlight people. Whoa. Okay. All right. So we are at one hour here. But before we do anything, guys, we need to select a champion of handsomeness. I still have a tear in my eye thinking about Rocky. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm back in. Here we go. So here we go. So the final four of the handsomest coaches slash managers in North American professional sports for 2022. I do have something planned for next season when we come back somewhere around September or something like that. Like we'll end in July we'll, and then we'll come back in September. I feel like it will be a lot different for sure. And maybe we'll get some laughs out of it, but I'm not going to tell you guys just yet. Anyways. Uh, all right. So let's, let's start with our, 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 well, the last one was our NHL rep and that. So we need to put an asterisk on that because Andrew and I were waiting on you to reply to me. Why did I pick Luke Richardson last time? Cause I know we made mention of him and I said, he looked like the Josh Brolin. Wait, 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 wait. So who did you pick? I had picked last time uh, Rob Lowe Hockey Man. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Golden Knights head coach. Correct. Yeah, Bruce Cassidy. But, uh, you know, I should just know what Dave Cassidy meant, seriously. But Andrew had pointed out Luke Richardson, and he had been hired. And I was like, I thought we talked about him, though, because I remember calling him, you know, Hockey Josh Brolin. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he was... So uh, did we talk about Luke Richardson? And I, if we did, then we will keep yeah, to yeah, Cassidy. We, yeah, we did Yeah, we did talk about him. But is it that I forgot him or it wasn't announced? Know. Oh, I know no, why. I think it's because to... I saw I saw the player photo. Mm, you didn't see him as a coach. No, I mean, that's some swap shit. That, that's some, um, uh, you know, but you Joey and Pacey. No, I, I can't do it. The heart sometimes remembers, mm. but... You know, if I went all in with Bruce Cassidy, it's only when Bruce and I break up, then I'll, then I'll see what Luke and I have. <laughs> okay. All right, so Bruce Cassidy, he's he's the first one there. Uh, the, the NHL ref, the, Los, the Vegas Golden Knights head coach. Okay, so that's, that's one. Then our NBA rep is uh, Jason Kidd. Oh, handsome man. So Jason Kidd right now. As 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 a as an actual coach, not not as a player, but I mean he hasn't changed that much. He just the beard out, helped out. out. The beard grew out the beard. It's got the salt and pepper now. You gotta remember, he used to be that mustache. Goatee oh, he had the goatee like. going. There you go. Right. So that that was him before, but this is him now. So there you go. There's your Jason kid. And the NFL. Oof. Uh. So yeah, Sean McVay of the Los Angeles Rams. There you go. He's uh, is a tough competition and Major League Baseball. Gabe Kapler. Oh. Are, are you gonna practice yeah, this? Or are we doing this fatal four way? Here, Charles, you can't you can't go with Babe Kapler here. I can go can with go. any of them. He's, he's the MLB ref, so he's, it's the final four. Do you want me to rank? Do you want me to rank this? Yeah, let's go. Who's right. number four? So, 
Bruce Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy at number four. Number right. three, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. Because I, I know what he did to his woman back then, so you know I gotta stand for something. You ain't gonna treat me like that, Jason. Pop you in the face. Two and one is very hard. Two and one is very hard. Sean McVay's buff man. He's a champion. He's a champion. He, he was able. To, he was able to glow up Matt Stafford. Literally, I've never seen it. We've seen veteran quarterbacks get traded, and they don't instantly win in one year. Everybody wants to play for him. Probably knows a lot of people. He did Todd Gurley wrong. I'll say that. He did Todd Gurley wrong. But, you know, uh, it happens. It happens a little bit. It's a little bit of a dirty business. Be grateful. Did he do Jared Goff wrong? Eh, I don't know. You know. Jared Goff will have an opportunity. He'll suffer another two years. He helped rebuild a franchise. Because prior to that man coming in, it was the Jeff Fisher show. Huh. As someone who was a Tennessee Titan fan, I can tell you, not all that glitters is gold, and unfortunately, Jeff Fisher sold himself to be King Midas. Ooh, that's a perk. Ooh, I like that. Let me save that when I insult somebody outside. <laughs> but when we talk about Gabe Kepler, has he done anything substantial with his team? Not so ever. Uh, they won the National League West. Yeah, yeah. Season. 107 yeah. victories. They had the most in MLB, actually. Yeah, I mean, that means nothing, though, right? Because mm-hmm. they could... They couldn't even beat the Dodgers and all that other stuff. But we know he's handsome. We know he has a good fitness routine. His eyes are literally like a pool of happiness. Um, he's part of the tribe. Have you seen him Andrew. in the glasses, though? I, I, look, you know, I don't know if you ever watch Community, but do you know when Dean Pelton sees Jeff the first time with the Avery Shades and he just falls down <laughs> the ground? And it's like, even his shadow! His shadow! I, I would just melt a little bit. Oh, man. And I wear aviator shades too, so I, I'm intense like that. Don't don't play me. Don't play me like that. Um, whew, whew, that's an intense man. Could be like a side Bond villain that you just fight right there going on. But Gabe Kepler is also the he's the Helena Troy of this whole contest. The face that launched a thousand ships. Read a book, kid. <laughs> seriously, like if they don't understand that, because we would never have this conversation if this pinnacle of persona was not here the personification of perfection was not here and it's tough because we always knew that sean McVay was a babe we know he's beautiful we know he's gorgeous but he didn't and since we're on the top gun field hint hint that maybe a halloween costume i don't know he didn't take my breath away because I knew Gabe Kepler was the manager for the Phillies, but I don't really care for the Phillies. And then I just see this on ESPN. I'm like, what the fuck? Sup, son? <laughs> I ain't I even swing that way, but you, you're going to make me happy. Um, so because it's the hell in a Troy, it's got to be Sean's number two and Gabe's number one. And plus the nickname, Babe Kepler. What am I going to do? Sean, uh, Sean McBay does work out pretty well, though. Holy shit, that's a good one. But you know what? This is 2022, man. If everybody can be a polyamorous relationship, I can be too when it comes to this nonsense. Uh, you know, it's Sean McBay. What can you do with Jason Kidd's nickname? Basin Kid? Mm-hmm. And then Bruce, <laughs> Bay Ca- Bruce Cassidy? Bruce, 
Bruce Bassidy? Boo, Boo Cassidy. No, that He's makes me think Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy. That's probably the only thing you can do. He's my Bruce yeah. Cassidy. I'm his Sundance look, kid. Look, he's there by default. And sometimes being being invited to dance is better than not dancing at all, hmm. right? Um, we go to with Sean McBay. With all respect, he is a winner. But we go Gabe Kepler as the Babe Kepler as the Helen and Troy. Now, if we make this into an annual thing, and it could be because firings come and go. We could just make it a speedier thing and not having to revisit each one, but no one changed the conference. I, yeah, I think uh, it, it's doing this yearly may not work because, like, there's, I mean, there might be not much movement, uh, but we could always just be like, okay, these are the new guys who just got hired this year and just, it, you know, just do, like, a whole thing just for those guys, you know? Round so Robins. Can, yeah, and they see if they can unseat the king. Oh, man. Unless, and, and the only other asterisk I'll put if we have any change of hairstyle or body body change, like if any Reed comes out looking 280 pounds of pure muscle, <laughs> looking more like you know, looking more like Mario than a actually Wario is more buff, so looking more like yeah. Wario than Mario. Those mm. are all things under contention because sometimes, like you know, listen man, I'm just saying if Mike Rabel comes off in a cutoff, you know, game might be over. That dude's got some guns, man. He ain't gonna play. Mm. Change that hair out. Um, like Tony Larusa, there's nothing you could do, buddy. You're you're on like the fugly side. In the curse, we love you, but you're still goofy, bro. You're still goofy to me. I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna crown it. The Helen of Troy is, um, you know, Gabe Kepler, and Cap. Cap. I'm gonna call him. Look, I'm his daddy. I'm gonna call him whatever I want. All right. Um, <laughs> And then Sean McVay, you're, you're, you're just, oh, man, it's okay, Pat. It's okay, bud. You know, yeah. you, maybe next year. And just for just for good measure, I have Nick Nurse up here. <laughs> Nick Nurse is goofy. He's adorable, but he's goofy, yeah. man. Yeah. Nick uh, Nurse is what, like, Nick Nurse is what Mad of, TV parodies people. I don't know if you've heard of the comedian Mike Birbiglia, but he reminds me of him. No. You uh, see, Nick Nurse reminds me of like what a substitute teacher would look like on Mad TV that wasn't the AA or on by Keegan Michael <laughs> or whatever his name is. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Well, right. We're at uh, an hour and 10. So this is fun. This is a fun competition that just kind of, man, uh, spurred out of nothing. But that it was, it was really, really fun going through. Like a whole month of this, a whole month of this. We, we he's our... beauty and yeah. he's grace. He's got a handsome face. That's the intro. Yeah. So uh, I, I do have something planned for next season. So we're going to get ready for that. And I'm sure you guys are going to get a huge laugh out of that. And yeah, well, uh, that's that's it for that. We're, we're, we're running short on time here in this shorter version of our show. And let's let's head on over to the cage, Charles. Now, if you can, you know, kind of calm down there a bit. Are you ready? Well, yeah, we're gonna go from something that titillated my juices that titillate the juices every week that we're in. Welcome, everybody, your weekly Trueplex the Cage with Charles. Full disclosure, full reminder: wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It's a stage fight. It is a song and dance about men and women being the holy hell of each other, trying to accomplish some big things in life, establish their legacies, cement their legacies, win some championships, beat the holy hell of each other as we mentioned, make them bleed a little bit, and more or less. Provide me what I need for entertainment in life because Lord knows when you're an attorney and you host a podcast show 
and all you want to do for almost five weeks is just talk about wrestling and then crazy ish happens and prevents you from doing what it's the only thing i'm not you know notable for it changes you a little bit i went from being just a geeky guy who likes wrestling to like deep throat in that sense of like here's the information that i have i'm the insider on all these things not wrestling because i have the news i hated it i just want to complain it's oh there's a talent change look at that's right because it's dynamite wednesday threw my head off well that's a spoiler oh to me. yeah that's right Maybe i wanted <laughs> to watch this um things happen in wrestling that's how we'll start this off a lot of things happen wrestling but wrestling wise aw dynamite's occurring right now watch it on tbs always confuses me because they have the tnt title but now they're no longer on tnt they're on tbs but yet rampage is on tbs we already talked about forbidden door so they're just kind of getting back in the street of things you're gonna have john moxley versus brody king in a street fight no it's not gonna be a street fight it's gonna be just defending the interim aw title hate that logic why can't just be the whole title and cm punk comes back and challenges it simple storyline but what do you know it was a tnt title street fight between scorpio side Sky and Wardlow. Wardlow, the guy who beat up MJF and has been powerbombing people all throughout. Yes, that Wardlow. Did you just get spoiled that he won the TNT title in that Street Fighter Charles? Yes, I did. Is that good for him? It's fine. My concern sometimes is when your momentum is too hot to handle and then giving them a mid-card title. What does that mean? Is it catastrophic to their push? Is it saying, hey, we're going to see how you do with the mid-card title, and then they push you to the main event? Is it saying, hey, we don't necessarily have a main event? What's so bad about the TNT title? Well, it's kind of sucked for the last couple of months with the hot potato in between Cody Rhodes, who's now over in WWE, Sammy Guevara, Scorpio Sky, Cody, uh, Sammy Guevara again. Cody was probably hiding in a mask. Um, back to Scorpio Sky, I got confused. Then they created the multi-pass championship, the all was it all atlantic championship and that confused me pop on that i want to see how that goes out and now we just gave it to wardlow i don't think every champion needs to have a eight month run with it this is scorpio skies i believe second defense or second reign with it and didn't go too long i believe he was injured and still is injured so that might explain a street fight because you just beat each other up and going from there but I need legitimacy when you're doing title hopping because um, what happened between Sammy and Scorpio really didn't put that credibility on the TNT title. It felt more like Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair a couple years back for the Wild Women's title where they like exchanged three title reigns between each other in the span of like a month and a half. Bad move, can't do it. What this does give me, ooh, ooh, ooh. the juices are titillating. That's <laughs> I'll explain where that comes from in a second. Um, no, I didn't create it my own. I'm surprised. You're going to have possibly Wardlow versus Miro. Miro, that Miro. Yeah, that Miro. The Bulgarian guy used to be Rusev. Yeah, that guy. The one who was probably the second best, or if not the best TNT champion, not counting the late, uh, you know, Brody. Uh, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Because Miro at least has some good matches. His He thought he called himself God's favorite champion. Basically saying that he was going to fight God since he lost his title. And then he got hurt and went on the shelf. And now he's back. So I'm. what do I love in my wrestling, boys? Aside from excellent technical wrestling, I like meat slapping meat. Hmm. Warlow's a big meaty boy. So <laughs> is a big Bulgarian meaty boy. I'm going to get some of that slapping. Sign me up, please. 
Um, other stuff's going on in AEW that we'll talk about next week to keep the show brief, but also because I don't want to go too much into it. I still hate the AEW interim title. I, I don't understand it, guys. It just makes no sense to me. That's like saying, hey, we don't have a call. That's like saying we vacate the end. I could do this. I could do this. I could bring back to Andrew. Hey, we vacated USC's wins, you know, uh, because of the Reggie Bush. Incident. So the second place person is going to be the interim champion until we determine anything about reinstating. I don't understand. Can I even petition for reinstatement? I feel like they should. But that's just me. Going back to times, kids, because we're going into a field. I don't know. So let's bring into our field. New Japan. New Japan things. It's happening. Jay White. He's going to be feuding against some people. I still don't know how I feel about Tetsuya Naito not being part of the Forbidden Door. He was kind of disappointed with it. Hiroshi Tanahashi. Want to see him back in. Um, they're kind of a slow moment right now. Kushida, who used to wrestle WWE, but was originally in New Japan, is back. Um, they could be doing some cool things. We'll talk about that more maybe on a semi thing. I feel like with my little semi-goof stuff, I should highlight certain guys. Impact. Watch Impact. It's still good. Ring of Honor. They're going to have Death Before Dishonor in a couple of months. Their other pay-per-view. Yay them. You're WWE. Back. WWE. Oh, you see, we've got New Japan in. I'm going real quick. Oh, G1 Climax. But I already told you guys what I think. Put it on Kenta. Strap a rocket to him. Let him go against Jay White. Destroy the Bullet Club. Keep some of them there. And then let everybody else kind of go single so they're not wrestling the same people over and over again. That's the issue with New Japan. Yeah, I gave it in a like, two-sentence abbreviation. Um, WWE had a pay-per-view this weekend. WWE also had on NXT yesterday the Great American Bash. One big title change, you now have Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade are the new NXT Women Tag Team Champions. They took that from um, Toxic Attractions, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. Good, I guess. Cora Jade's also, not Cora Jade, but Roxanne Perez is also going to cash in her contract against Mandy Rose, the later Toxic Attraction, who is the Women's Champion. I don't imagine she's going to win that. That's going to be next week. But I think that means that pretty soon... There's going to be a call-up that brings Toxic Attraction onto the main roster, so it brings Mandy Rose back, which I'm for. I like the idea of women factions being in wrestling, especially since it's kind of lacking a lot of places. It's over in AEW with the baddie section. Follow my boy, Stokely Halfway, on his Twitter, Big Stoke. Follow us on the Twitter, at JoeJR, Charles the True, Dan Frijoles. Um, but he, he is heading out with um, Jade Cargill, because there's two Jades, so I had to make sure not to confuse myself, boys. It's confusing sometimes. Jade Cargill, Red Velvet's on there, uh, Kira Hogan's on there. So I, I like the idea on WWE's main roster, you do have some factions going from there, and that could benefit it along the way. Last night, also, they had Bronson. He's not Bronson Steiner. He's Braun Breaker going against Cameron Gunn. So, in his title, Braun retained. Melo Hayes or Carmelo Hayes going against Grayson Waller. He retained. Go watch that. You can see on USA. You can see on Sling. Watch on Peacock. Go from there. That was the only big title change, so I won't go too crazy with it. Money in the Bank was this weekend. I watched it. I didn't watch it the same night. I just kind of split the baby. So, Money in the Bank is like that controversial, hey, it's like, you know, a fifth big pay-per-view of the year because you have Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, you have Survivor Series, and you have WrestleMania. WrestleMania being the biggest. But Money in the Bank kind of has that excitement. Remember what it's about. Oh, hey, whoever wins the contract from the ladder, the little briefcase, can cash in their title anytime, any way, any form, any pay-per-view, right. any wanna, show. I just want to understand. So they grab the thing at the top of the ladder, right? Mm -hmm. And yes. they can utilize that too. Cash in a contract on the main championship at any point. So let's say if so it's basically two like they get an opportunity to challenge for it. Yeah. Okay. But Fred, it, can it can happen literally right there. So, and that leaves the point. So I'll give you an example. Oh. Go ahead, friends. Uh, go ahead, Andrew. 
one of my favorites was the one where Dolph Ziggler cashed in. Correct. And it was after a match of Alberto Rio had with, I forgot who he went against, but there was a title match. Del Rio uh, retained it on Raw, and then Dolph just comes out, and everyone's like, oh, it's happening. And Dolph's like, it's going to happen. And everyone's like, is it going to happen? And then it happens. It's almost a guarantee. It's like a, it's a wild card, basically. Pretty much. It's Charlie Day just going crazy. Um, mm-hmm. There's only, there, there has been times <laughs> where the cash-ins don't work for the men, but the women's right now is a perfect 100 going from there, 100%. So it, it does add in some excitement. It's very fun prediction for me because, you know, I like these little things to predict on. And I was kind of right throughout the night. So in the women's ladder match, Liv Morgan won. And I said that's who I was going to win. So that's cool. Um, Bobby Lashley versus Theory for the United States Championship. Lashley wins by submission. Bobby Lashley is just a gift. But I feel a little underwhelmed that he's not challenging Roman for one of the championships at SummerSlam, because at SummerSlam, Roman's going to be going against Brock Lesnar in a last man standing match for the Undisputed Universal Championship. What did I do wrong in life to not get a triple patty meet of Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and Bobby Lashley in my main event at SummerSlam? Doesn't that sound more compelling than Bobby Lashley, as fantastic as he is, as deserving as he is to hold the United States Championship? Doesn't he deserve to be in my main event? That is lean USDA meat of three men going against each other. It's a triple beckonator. Yeah, and shit, you can even add um, Drew McIntyre in as the great Poupon. He's, he's <laughs> Scottish, but I don't know, like Scottish meat coming in there. So, uh, because it's not a full quad pattern, but Drew's got a good body too. Character's boring for me because you guys know how I feel about Drew. I liked him as a heel. What can I say? Um, Bianca Belair versus Carmella. That was a fine match. I actually didn't hate it as much because I feel like I'll say right now, Carmella is a little underrated. Bianca Belair, though, Vince is strapping the rocket on her and it's working. I don't think her first reign as a champion was that great. But, man, I think her and Becky had match of the year for WWE um, back in WrestleMania. I think what they've been doing with her character is very good. They're doing well. Match of the night, though, was the Usos versus Street Profits. Good old tag team wrestling. And they gave it a lot of time. They gave it 23 minutes going from there. It, it was it ended kind of schmoozy because it was a three count, even though Montez's um, shoulder was up. So it wasn't like, because remember wrestling to be pinned, you have to have both shoulders on the mat. But I would imagine that leads to a match at SummerSlam or on Raw, just to get some ratings in there. But it was damn good quality. It's in the top five for WWE matches of the year. The hard part was when I make these lists, I don't get available all the AEW or New Japan stuff because I either have to buy things or I have to go on YouTube or pirate things. I'm lazy, but you'll hear it. And then Ronda Rousey versus Natalia happened. And that was a match. I wasn't really in for it. Ronda retained. And then Liv Morgan came in and cashed in her title shot and pinned Ronda. I thought she was going to lose the cash-in. I remember when I talked about last week, Liv was the perfect person to win the briefcase and possibly cash-in because she was the person who always had the title matches but can never win the big one. But she cashed in on Ronda, who was hobbling on a knee injury, um, alleged knee injury or worked knee injury, and then got a pinfall, one, two, three, in like a minute match. So Liv Morgan's now your new SmackDown Women's Championship. Yay. Good for you. Um I like it. I think it's the right move because I think that women's division needs an injection of um, personality. Uh, fans weren't really crazy for Charlotte Flair being the champion. And then Ronda's very hit or miss. I like Ronda if they don't have her be a W. They need to make her more like Brock before it became Cowboy Brock, where she just kind of wants to kick ass and be the best. 
it's a very simple wrestler. And then when you try to put people who don't have that personality yet developed, or maybe it's just some, something they could do in an entertainment spotlight. Because what do I always tell you guys? WWE is more of entertainment, merch movie, and um, soap operas to a degree. You don't get that much they in AEW. Though it's there. Job. Yeah, they took my job. Exactly. So Ronda, if you just have her be a badass, it's a very simple mindset. I kicked a lot of ass in the UFC. I'm going to kick a lot of ass in WWE. That's really what it should have been like. That's what I would book. But Vince and I are two different people. That's why he's a billionaire. Um, and that's why I'm not a billionaire. But yet also, I don't have to pay hush money in NDA. So I'll, I'll take that win for me. Ooh, had to, had to put to Vince. He makes my life miserable sometimes, guys. I'm sorry. Um, and then you had the men's ladder match. So here's the thing I want to I want to say on. I actually think I liked it out of the ladder matches I've seen the last couple of years. It was very good. Everybody did their part. Sammy Zayn did not win, unfortunately. Even though I told Vince is what you need to do because Sammy is because Austin Theory, the guy that you see with the briefcase there. Oh, Austin Theory, that guy who lost his title earlier to that magnificent man meet that is Bobby Lashley. Yeah, Theory wasn't supposed he or not supposed to. He wasn't in the match. But right now, the last storyline since I guess February is that he's been like Mr. McMahon's favorite son. And so management put him in there as a storyline thing. And then Theory ended up winning. And the minute I saw him, I was like, fuck, he's going to win. I just knew it. I don't hate it per se if the whole storyline is him getting preferential treatment from the establishment leads him to winning a title. Because he might cash in on Roman. He's going to have a match with Bobby at SummerSlam to get a rematch for his U.S. belt, but he stated he's also going to cash in on Roman. So it's either Theory's going to fail. Here, man, guys. Theory's either going to fail his cash-in, which works because I think actually if you think about it, it makes Roman a face a little bit because Theory's the um, the next big thing in Vince McMahon's eyes, but Roman Reigns like, I'm the present, and you need to acknowledge me because I'm your tribal chief, and we acknowledge you, Roman. We acknowledge you. Or, hear me out, um... Because I have a hard time believing a lot of people can beat Roman, and I feel that is going to be set for Drew McIntyre to do at Clash of the Castle, which is a UK pay-per-view that's happening in August or September. So it's all set in pieces. But you can have Theory cash in and get one of the titles, but you can keep that stipulation I told you about where it properly splits the two belts back. Because couldn't you look at him and then look at a returning babyface Cody Rhodes coming back from a pectoral issue, and winning a title off of Theory and getting either the U.S., not the U.S., but the Universal title or the World Heavyweight Championship, I think that works because I still want my whole Seth Rollins wins the title. I think he deserves to be rewarded for carrying the organization on his back the last six months with his character work and his match work. But I do feel the best way for Cody to have full closures winning the title off of Seth at some point. So either you can have Seth beat Theory, but it doesn't work when everybody's kind of like a heel versus a heel. Um, but, you know, you can have also Theory having that preferential shape because you're building up a guy that you're not supposed to like. You're not supposed to have go home heat, but you're supposed to be like, I want this guy to lose heat. So imagine he's been offered every opportunity that other people couldn't get. He hasn't worked a day in his life basically to get that championship. And then somebody's like, I'm sick of this. I'm going to challenge this guy. I'm going to beat him. And then that person loses. And then that next person loses. But it's a baton of inspiration and motivation so someone can finally dethrone this man, this establishment, and go to the distance and take that championship, kind of like Rocky. I can live with that sort of But that's long-term booking. But Vince thinks longer than I do, but I daydream a lot. And that's all I got for you this week on the cage. Oh, all right. Well, that's it. It was a, it was a, a short one, but we, we got what we wanted to say. 
out of the way. We finally crowned the handsomest head coach in um, slash manager in in, pro, in North American pro sports. So I'm happy about that and uh, made some sense of the college football stuff. All right, guys. Well, uh, next week we might actually talk about some baseball. <laughs> oh, we did technically if we crowned a baseball manager as the that's right most handsome current you know manager slash coach so yeah take that as it is that, that's right so we'll we'll leave it at that bye everybody good night take care <laughs>